Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me today is the one and only, for the first time this week, ladies and gentlemen, this free agency week, Mark Cook. Mark, how are you tonight? I'm good. Why does my hat look crooked? Maybe it's it because was I look crooked. crooked. Yeah. How's, I how do I look? Am I well, you do look better, dude. You look honestly. You your know, camera looks way better. What'd you do? You know, Megan is a. Uh, uh, people may know she works for Channel Ten and she's a photojournalist, so she knows all the tricks of the trade of lighting and things like that. I personally don't like a lot of lighting because you can see all fifty years in my face. But no, she good. put a backlight on me, so I think it's a little better. Everybody, it's uh, definitely keep yes. sending money for that new camera, though. We'll we'll still take your donations <laughs> for the new camera. We are actually getting cameras. Yeah, Scott and I were uh, discussing cameras the other day, so that will be something you can look forward to, Peter Report fans, on the podcast here coming up soon. We were researching our options, but we've got the budget for them, and we're ready to uh, to make a move for them. So excited about that for sure. Excited about this podcast too, Mark, because we've got a re-signing. We did have some movement today, <laughs> some movement, finally. It's yeah. been a grueling, slow process. At first it was like, oh, David's coming back, Minter's coming back, you know, here comes Shaq Barrett, like Gronk. And now it's been like Ryan Suckup and Raheem Nunez Roaches in like the last 72 hours and his grueling. Well, you know man, what? We are not yeah, that's, that's, that's a good thing, John. And I'm going to tell you why that's a good thing after we talk about our good friends at Celsius here. I know you're popping a Celsius now, but that's a good thing. And I'll leave that as a tease because I want to tell yes. you why that's a good thing that things are slow. Absolutely. And we'll tell you all that and more. We've got a one free agent that the Bucks lost. We've got one that's coming back. We've got to set the table for the rest of the Bucks free agents as we head into the weekend of free agency. A lot of good players left available. A lot of moves still to be made. A lot of intrigue. It's kind of fun, actually. Then it's all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. Mark Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I've got my orange sickle here. Scott had an orange sickle yesterday. That made me really want one. So I got I broke out the orange sickle. I do love the strawberry guava. It's the new one that they're promoting right now. It is all that. It is the bee's knees, as they would say. Is that what they said, Mark? Is that what they said once upon the bee's knees? The, yeah. the cat's pajamas. <laughs> Uh, the the bee's knees. I think you, maybe your grandfather used to say that. You know, when okay. he got home from the war or something. I, I don't. I don't know that I've heard that since uh, since the war. Okay, so that's old. That's even okay. All right, all right. Yeah. I was trying to relate. I thought that maybe that was a reference you'd pick up on. But anyway, Celsius is really really good. Zero grams of sugar. Um, because you can get the boost that you get from an energy drink without the crash that you get from other energy drinks. You get the same flavor you do from a soft drink or Pepsi or something like that. You get the same flavor and the bite, but the carbonated taste to it, but none of the bad stuff that you get to it. You get this energy boost. It helps you burn metabolism. It's also like a cheat code for life. It's unbelievable. I've loved Celsius and I'm not a caffeine person at all, uh, but I've really, really enjoyed Celsius. So check it out. Go to Celsius.com. Uh, you can uh, check out uh, the banner ads at Pewter Report. Uh, dot com and you can uh, 
go ahead and check out Celsius.com, order flavors that you'd like, or you can go to the Amazon and you can order the variety pack there as well. So Celsius always doing really good stuff. One of your favorite players is back, Mark Cook. One of our favorite players, actually one of all Bucks fans' favorite players, is back in the fold. Rakeem Nunez Rochez returns to the Bucks on a two-year, $5 million deal, I believe it was, uh, $2.5 million guaranteed, and is back with the Bucks for the next two years, it would seem, hopefully just as a depth rotational piece. What are your thoughts on this move as you assess their offseason? Did you have him coming back in your battle plan? I can't remember. I can't remember either, John. That's what happens when you turn 50. I'm <laughs> no, sure somebody remember. in the chat will go back and look. I, I really don't remember. I, I think, you know what? I think I had him leaving via free agency, um, and, and not because I personally didn't want him back. I just didn't know that he would sign for what he signed for. I mean, I think that's a fair amount of money that he signed. And listen, John, before I keep going, but I, I wore this shirt in celebration of, of Nacho. I'm going to stand up so everybody can see it. Yes. See what it says? Good times. Good times. That's right. It's good times. If you're a Buccaneer fan, it's good times for us in the media right now. Um, and Nacho is back. I'm happy about that. I love the guy. He's a great guy, great locker room guy. I've been a friend of Peter Report anytime we've ever needed anything. He did a segment of what's cooking here recently and um, just a good guy overall. So I'm glad that Nacho is back and it's definitely good times. I didn't have him coming back. Thought he had maybe outplayed himself a little bit in terms of salary. Um, I think he had some interest from the uh, from the Patriots, right? And um, yes. and ended up uh, coming back here to Tampa Bay. So that's that's good news for Buccaneer fans. I think again, though, like you say, I, I, everybody wants Sue to be back. And and I did speak to somebody earlier today. The the signing of Nacho has no bearing whatsoever on Sue because I think mm -hmm. we all thought for a minute, oh no, this is might be bad for the chance of Sue returning. But uh, this person told me no. It, it won't affect uh, their negotiations with Sue. It doesn't. It is not reflecting on anything going on behind the scenes with Indomitian and Sue. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that's definitely a good thing because I I don't mind having Nacho back. Obviously, like you said, <laughs> like him in the locker room, and I think he's an energizer guy in practice. The team rallies to him for sure. I mean, you could just tell during training camp, certain people stand out and set the tone for each day. And when every guy on the team and coach mentions Raheem Nunes Roches you're like fourth defensive lineman you know every day to start practice um you know or to finish practice when they're talking to the media it's a, it's a sign that he's kind of he's in people's heads he's prominent right he's a voice during that time when the team's coming together we can't undervalue that at the same time on the field I thought he was a player that could be improved upon you know he was one of and I, I don't go yeah. just by pro football focuses uh, grades for sure when I say this he was one of three bucks players to finish the year three bucks starters he did start most of the year with Maya hurt he was one of three bucks starters this year to to post below average grades for the season and the other two were, were Devin White and Sean Murphy Bunting and they certainly rallied back from that point by the end of the season uh, and you know what direction their careers are moving in but Nacho's been around for a while he kind of is what he is I don't mind him because he's, I think he's a guy you could plug in. He can play a bunch of different spots, and he's a good run defender. I just, to me, I just wonder what they're going to do pass rush wise. Like I'm not discounting it or saying that they can't still can't do anything, but that's the key, right, Mark? Like they've got to get some young blood, like the, yeah. the young pass rushers coming in on this defensive line because it's not a really deep draft at that position. Yeah, that's difficult, and and you know what, pass rushers are a lot like offensive linemen, particularly offensive tackles. Um, good ones just don't get out there on the free agent market very often. We saw what the Broncos did by picking up their option on Von Miller. There was a question there if that was going to happen. Certainly the Buccaneers didn't allow Shaq Barrett to go. Um, 
but but sometimes you can't keep everybody. Trey Hendrickson that ends up going to the Bengals, so the Saints mm-hmm. lose a little bit there. They also trade, uh, I believe, Malcolm Brown. So, um, you know, occasionally they get out there, but it's not easy. And when you do get one, you end up paying a lot of money for them. Buccaneers yeah. were so fortunate a couple years ago to get Shaq Barrett at $4 million. I mean, just what yeah. a bargain. And I remember, John, when when that news broke, Scott and I were both like, well, okay, you know, it's fine. You know, yeah. okay, he had five sacks last year for Denver, rotational guy, four sacks, whatever it was. Wasn't a whole lot. Um, nobody saw 19 and a half sacks coming, and I don't even think Jason Light or Shaq Barrett didn't see 19 and a half <laughs> sacks coming. Um, kind of got back, you know, kind of drew a lot of attention last year, and um, I, I think it took him a while to really find, you know, his spot on that defensive line. You know, he would rush. He got most of his sacks, um, I believe, from the – Left side, either or. You Buccaneer fans will remember Scott talks. I think about it was it the right. He his sacks from the right side, maybe, but I think pressures were better from the left side. And then, yeah, this past year Scott was wanting them to flip him to play more on the right side. And then he did have some success on the right side. The Vikings game comes to mind, but I think he did find a finding success on both sides. But you're right. Sometimes it's hard to tell where that yeah. pass rush is going to come from. But but you know he was he he really was a clutch guy down the stretch. Four sacks in the playoffs. Three, we remember, particularly in that Packers game, just a huge, huge game from him. And then he had the one sack also in the Super Bowl. So four sacks from him there. So when you say eight on the regular season, I always like to throw in that 12, uh, you know, because, I mean, the Buccaneers were fortunate to play more games and 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 he had more opportunities. He ended up with 12 sacks on the year, regardless if it was 16 games or 20 games. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think you can discount those four sacks. They were huge, big part of that playoff run. Uh, but my point is, is finding guys that they're just not walking around the street. I, I in my That's article true. today, the hook, I talked about some of the guys, John, that I've watched on this defensive line, really on the on the roster over the last ten years. This will be my eleventh year full time. Um, you know, in 2015, Gerald McCoy looks around that meeting room and sees George Johnson, right, as a guy they were counting on as the season started. Uh, Daquan Bowers was on that team. I mean. You know, they have been looking for pass rushers for a long time. They didn't draft a ton of them. Jacque Smith was another guy that, you know, they were hoping would be that guy. Um, You know, but getting JPP and Shaq Barrett has been a huge benefit to this football team. And we can pat Tom Brady on the back all we want. Uh, Buccaneers don't win that Super Bowl without JPP and Shaq Barrett and and that defense Mm -hmm. in general playing as well as they did, in my opinion. Right. So it now becomes the question, okay, who's going to be that next guy, whether it's a signing or a draft pick? Who's the next young player? Anthony Nelson, your favorite guy. No, you don't I don't have think a lot so. Of hope man. for him. I don't have a lot of hope for double-digit sacks from old A. Nelson. I really don't. Is Carl you know, Nassib I, available? Did the Raiders cut him yet? What's going on? They I will probably cut Carl. Him. I'll yeah. have to look at his contract, but it won't surprise me if he becomes available again because he was bad last year, and they just signed a couple. They signed what Yannick Ngakwe and Solomon right. Thomas, I believe. So. They're not looking good for for good old uh, Carl Nassib over there. So maybe he comes back on something cheap. Um, it's going to be cheap for him because he was get he was he was decent here. He was decent here. Yeah. He wasn't you know a star, but um, right. he was better than Anthony Nelson. They exactly drafted right. Anthony That's Nelson, and in the comp for the Buccaneers, the front office from when we talked to them after the draft was, he's uh, they thought he was a little bit more athletic than uh, mm-hmm. than Carl Nassib. Carl Nassib more was, athletic. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I like there. you, John. I haven't seen it. I didn't see it on film, particularly uh, at Iowa, and I certainly haven't seen it, you know, through the first couple years here in Tampa Bay. But right. anyway, maybe he'll catch fire. But they've got to find some young guys. Um, you know, somebody in the chat saying, 
you know, extend JPP. I, I mean, unless you're going to give him a bionic leg, I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, you know, one more year and, and I just right. don't know how much, you know, he didn't practice very much at all last year and, right. um, you know, saving that knee. And uh, he, we know he had work on it already this offseason. Maybe he comes back healthier than it was last year. But uh, I think this is kind of an annual thing with him where he gets that knee cleaned up. So I, I don't think it's ever going to be better. Uh, they're just going to have to try and, you know, preserve him as much as they can. But I just don't know how much more he has left. So you're right. They've got to find some young guys somewhere. Yeah, finding young guys on that defensive line is going to be one of the keys to the offseason. Again, you want to keep the window open. you got to stay young in important positions. Offensive line, defensive line, to me, that'll probably be the focus of the draft with how much time they spend on the secondary and wide receivers and various capacities, you know, and, and they're probably not ready to make that move a quarterback. So we're probably looking at lines and, and, and running back. Those are probably after, after the, Najee Harris, of course. You know, once they get Najee right. Harris at 32, uh, then they can then, worry about the offensive and defensive line. And, I and say, Depot line class, at least. If they, if they if they draft Najee, if somehow he were to fall to 32, I said this in the group chat the other day. I may have even said it on the podcast. I don't know where I said it. I may have said it on 620 with, with Pat and Aaron uh, earlier this week. Just just cancel the season. Just hand the Buccaneers the Super Bowl trophy if they were to get this guy. I mean, I was just watching him this afternoon. <laughs> I mean, where's his weakness? Where, where's his weakness? A 230-pound guy should not be able to move as well as he does. And, um, you know, he can beat you toughness inside. He catches the ball well. But what surprised me about him and watching him uh, this particular this past year, because Alabama was on TV a ton, and even afterwards looking at him for the draft is, his ability to stretch and bounce things outside. Again, if you need three yards, Najee Harris is going to get you four yards. He doesn't get tackled behind the line of scrimmage very often. And, um, you know, he's not going 80 yards necessarily on a, on a play. But at the same time, you know, he's going to get you the first down. He's a smart guy. He's got great vision and uh, and, and moves well for a guy that's, what, 6'2", 230 pounds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's – I posted a play actually on my Twitter, at Ledger NFL Draft, if you want to go check it out. But I posted a play – from him, from the tape I was watching against LSU. I mean, he just – some guys just have great feel, and that's him. He just feels yeah. things really well. Like, here's space opening up. Here's the guy coming from this angle. I've got to cut here. And it's just – here. honestly, it reminds me a lot of Le'Veon Bell, like prime Le'Veon Bell when I watch him. Just the By ability the way, to Le'Veon kind of, Bell's a free agent out there, and I was going to ask him about agent. this. He's a free I agent. He's, he's a, he, Well, and that's what I was wondering. You know, looking at his stats last year, Larry Fitzgerald's another guy that I was looking at too. Yeah. You know, didn't have great years last year. But Le'Veon Bell was a guy that a couple of years ago when he was disgruntled up in, in, in New York with the Jets that I was, uh, I, I don't want to use the word trolling, John, but I was encouraging him to come to Tampa. I was like, hey, you know, you, you, there's no sales ta- state income tax down here. There's beautiful beaches, you know, it never mm-hmm. snows. And, and I was constantly tweeting at him. Didn't do me any good, but maybe my wish still comes true. But, but, but you know what, John, I don't want the Buccaneers to do what they did last year with LaShawn McCoy where they get a guy that just doesn't have anything left in the tank. They've got to make yeah. sure he's got something left in the tank if they're going to spend some money on him and, and uh, give him the yeah. opportunity. I agree. And we've, I mean, we've seen Bell, you know, back up Clyde Rizalera. And then when Clyde Rizalera was hurt, not really take over. We've seen him as the guy with the Jets. Maybe they didn't use him as much as the Steelers did in their offense, but again, just very little success. I just think he's probably done. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't him, him and Larry Fitzgerald. It's kind of the same thing. Fitzgerald. Yeah. I just don't know that he gives you anything at this point. Like there's no, you know, for if you were to, if Chris Godden were going to hurt tomorrow, okay, maybe it's Fitzgerald and Tyler Johnson and you're just, you know, trying to patch that role up for now right. because there's not a better option. You know, maybe that's that's the way to go and you bring AB back and you're trying to patch patchwork that slot role basically into Larry Fitzgerald and Tyler Johnson. Okay, then I would get that. But with Tyler Johnson around, you don't want Fitz taking Tyler Johnson snaps. So then where no. does he play? He's been no, a big slot for years. 
So then, but it becomes if, if Fitzgerald is going to go anywhere, if Fitzgerald is going to go anywhere, um, Tampa makes a ton of sense. And I'll say this because three, maybe two, I can't remember how many years ago it was at the uh, owners' meetings. They were in uh, Phoenix a couple years ago, and um, and I remember Larry Fitzgerald was there because he was partnering up with. Um, I can't remember exactly. It was a social justice initiative type thing or something to do with kids in, in college. I can't remember exactly what it was. That's because, again, I'm getting old. But um, after the press conference that we had um, in one of the meeting rooms at the Waldorf Astoria, by the way, I didn't stay at the Waldorf. I stayed down the street in the uh, you know $99 a night hotel. Um, but I talked to Larry and uh, it, was, it was so it's the year that Bruce got aboard. And I asked him about Bruce Arians and all he wanted to do, you know, who he wanted to talk about. The Bucks receivers coach Garver, who was his coach in Arizona, he loved that guy. He said, "Watch this guy; he's going to help these receivers a whole bunch." I mean, he was you know complimentary to Bruce, but he was really uh, big on Garver. So I think if he were to get an opportunity to play again, if he wants to do it, and right now we have no idea if he even wants to play anymore, and yeah. um, and uh, but but Tampa Bay, you know, if the Buccaneers have some interest, um, that's that's where he's going to end up if 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 he wants to play, and, and of course yeah. it's got to be from the team as well right that's the thing i'm sure for him it would be appealing but uh you know the fit and the coaches and the area and chance to win a ring for the bucks perspective that's where it falls short for me i wouldn't get it unless somebody got hurt so we'll see kind of what happens with those guys but a couple questions on people from uh in the chat i'm scrolling back up to the top of the chat i'll work my way down but shan keltner wants to know any word on anyone we are looking to bring in from outside the team not really, Shane. The only player we even know that they've talked to is James White. So we'll see what happens there. But we know firsthand, we, this is no doubt about it. We've heard it from the top. Bucks are looking to re-sign their own people. And if they get all their own people back, they might not assign one outside person, which is crazy, and, but that's what might happen. <laughs> and, John, if the Buccaneers um, if the Buccaneers signed Shaq Barrett um, after the two seasons he's had this offseason, say he was a member of another team, and then they signed a guy like Levante David. Say he had played for another team with his success. And then Rob Gronkowski. And then they got Chris Godwin. We would automatically say the Buccaneers absolutely 1,000% won free agency. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we can't say that. I mean, by keeping their own guys. I mean, who would they have signed that was better than Shaq Barrett or Levante right. David on the open market? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris Godwin at the money that they paid him, nobody. What, A.J. Nobody. Green? No. I mean, so – you know, even Rob Gronkowski. I mean, you you could make some arguments. There's some better tight ends out there. I know that you've kind of um, you had one in your battle plan, and um, but but they would have won free agency. You got to look at it that way. I understand people like new shiny toys. And I was going to say earlier, John, when I teased before the Celsius ad, um, I was talking to Jake Arians earlier today, and and Jake and I were talking about this is actually great that there's not a lot of Buccaneer news as far as free agents goes. Number one, those guys. They pan out a little bit better than draft picks because there's game film on them. But there's also a reason that they are free agents because teams are allowing them to walk. This year's a little bit different with the salary cap. But 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 what Jake was saying is there's just not any holes in this football team. There's just mm. you know, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing that they're not out there signing a Michael Johnson, a Josh McCown, um, uh, an Anthony Collins, an Alteron Werner, a Brandon Myers, like they did in 2014. They just don't have the holes, and that's a testament to this organization and what they've been able to do over the last couple years. And, and Jake and I were also talking about, you know, also building that, changing that culture. And, and Bruce was able to do that to a degree in 2019, but Tom Brady really pushed him over the top. But anyway, just uh, you know, I, I I really I think Jake made a great point. I mean. Um, everybody wants the new shiny toys, but the fact is 
there's just not a lot of holes. I mean, these right. guys that are going to be drafted, they're going to have to be special teams guys, right? Yeah. I mean, they're going to have yeah. to be backup probably guys and then uh, core special teams guys until they get an opportunity. Yeah. And, and right. that just hasn't happened in the 46 years or however long that I've been watching this football team. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So where this team is in a unique situation where they have the opportunity to bring everybody back and it makes sense to bring people back. And I think that's where the focus is going to be. So I get people, you know, oh, let's see, you know, somebody new from the outside is, is fun. And the one position I think they should do that at was is running back. You know, and somebody yeah. asked, uh, what do you think Fournette is he's going or where do you think what do you think he's getting? Where do you think he's going? Um, and I think he's going to go somewhere else. Uh, to me, it's I don't know how it hasn't happened yet, though, Mark. I mean, we heard three days ago that Seattle and yeah. New England were in on him. Seattle and New England, they haven't signed a running back, either of them, as far as I can remember anywhere right now, unless something happened while we were on the air. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, people in the chat, but um, I I don't think either of them signed a running back. And Chris Carson, I think, was getting closer with Miami to a deal. I don't know if that came to fruition in the last couple, you know, 20, 30, minute, 40 minutes or so uh, while we've been working on this. But, um, that, I mean, what's Seattle going to do? So Carlos Hyde already signed somewhere else. I mean, they're going to be able to offer more money, longer, more well, years, more opportunity. But I, I think there's just not a big market out there, and I think they understand that. And I think they're just waiting for that price to drop. I mean, you see the in every year you see that first day of free agency comes and, and big money gets thrown around. The second week, price tags just start dropping. And I think Seattle's gambling a little bit uh, that Fournette will take a little bit less than than you know because there's just not a lot of competition. If there was, he would have already signed somewhere. And I think – He's also considering coming back to Tampa Bay. We know that Tom Brady has has been recruiting him, and uh, to come back again, Tom Brady loves the guy and, and wants to be part of this team. Tom likes him more than you and I do, um, but at the same time, you know, I just don't. There's just there's just not a big market out there for running backs, and that's something Jake and I were talking about too. I mean, you know, paying running backs on on you know second deals, and again, Fournette's a little bit different. Um, you know, you have to question that. I mean, $10 million a year for running back is is what – I forgot there was a running back that recently signed, a starter who, who re-signed with their team, and it was for like $10.5 million a year. Uh, and, and it's just crazy money to me. I mean, I'm one of those guys that every four years, you just draft a new one. They're out mm-hmm. there. And, and this – teams don't – you know, this isn't 1988 where teams are running the football, you know, 425 times. A, game, a year or whatever it is. I mean, running backs aren't getting 25, 30 touches a game anymore. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, I still think if you're Fournette, you're thinking about your career long-term and you're like, where can I go to get the kind of opportunity, spotlight? You know, Seattle's that place, man. You're the guy right now. You sign there, you are the guy. Like, that is your place. You come to Tampa Bay, they're going to be a pass-first team. You know, yeah. it's just the reality is. That's the reality. It's not doesn't mean Leonard Fournette couldn't work in it or that he doesn't care. But, again, he's not A.B. He's not Gronk. He's not Suckup. He's not all these guys that are older on the other side of 30 looking to finish out their careers. He could sign a, a couple of years somewhere. He could Even if it's a cheap rate, you get the opportunity. to. He, if he goes to Tampa Bay, what kind of opportunity is there to hit the big deal when you hit the mark? I mean, it's going to happen what, in a place like Seattle. One more year, though, with the Buccaneers – and again, I'm trying to get on Leonard's head. One more year with the Buccaneers. Uh, you're not going to get a ton of wear and tear on your body, right? I mean, again, you're not going to be the featured back. They're going to use Ronald Jones. They're going to platoon like they did last year. They're not going to run the ball a ton. And then next year, you try and cash in when the salary cap goes way up. There's just limited funds for team anywhere. And we know, uh, of course, the big news today was the TV deal. 
I think it was like $11 billion or some obscene amount of money, but it was a 100% increase over their current deal. And we know the salary cap is going to go up a ton. I mean, a minimum, yeah. probably in the $30 million range, there's just going to be so much more money out there. So maybe, again, I, I'm just speculating, maybe Fournette is thinking to himself, have another solid year here in Tampa Bay, and uh, and then maybe I can cash in on that last long-term yep. deal. Because running backs, you know, at his age, he's going to, you know, he's got really one more opportunity to, to, yeah. to get a long-term deal, a big payday. Right. It's possible. Maybe you're right. Uh, I'm not going to rule it out at all. I mean, I think that it could be something. To me, the fact that he hasn't signed yet tells me he is somehow holding out hope that Tampa Bay is, a is you know, going to have the money for him or going to work out something for him. I just don't think – I just – I think if he comes back, it's going to have to be for cheap. I mean, there's no way he's a priority over in Dominican Sue. I, no, I agree. I, I mean, just be honest. If off the field isn't a question, let's just pretend. Off the field isn't a question, just purely on the field. Who's more valuable to the Bucs, Antonio Brown or Leonard Fournette? Antonio Brown. I mean, I agree. I, and it, not by a whole lot, though, John. I mean, it's not like a slam dunk thing. I think I would have if no If you're drafting Najee Harris at 32, it's Antonio Exactly. Brown. <laughs> you know, get rid of Fournette for sure then. Get rid of everybody. Just You don't even – you just use Najee, you know, every play. Yeah, keep Keyshawn Vaughn for one more year. Just, you know, keep him on the inactive during game day. Just – Give the ball to Najee Harris in every capacity you can. Now, and we still think there's a good chance that James White may be coming here, right? I mean, he hasn't signed as far as I've seen today. Uh, that's another person that that um, I was talking with, uh, not not with James White, but you know, we we were bantering that name around too as well with right. with uh, with Jake earlier today. I think um, you know, I, I think Antonio Brown is a little bit more valuable, you know, just because of the way that this team utilizes the pass versus the run. Uh, I like Leonard Fournette. I, I thought. You know, it, everything just fit together for this team last year. I mean, mm-hmm. just everything fit from from the right players, the 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 ability to stay fairly healthy through the COVID situation, um, not having to postpone a lot of games. I think it was only the Raiders game that got moved from a Sunday night, maybe to an afternoon game, or maybe it was no, it was a Monday night game, and it got moved to a Sunday afternoon game. So, you know, everything just kind of fell into place. And and you know what, you need that when you win a Super Bowl. There's got to be a little bit of luck involved too. Um, but you know, Leonard Fournette was just the right guy when Ronald Jones wasn't in there. He was terrific during the playoffs and a, and a big part of that Super Bowl win. So, right. um, you know, they just they just made all the right decisions last year, and and hopefully, knock on wood, they've made the right decisions by bringing all these guys back and 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 you know, and and they could potentially be better. I mean, they could be like the Chiefs were last year, where they improve on the record of the year before after they won the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are fourteen and two last year. Um, you know, I could totally see the Buccaneers in that fourteen win range this year. Oh, and um, and uh, you know, they just got to hope they're they don't lose their tackles in the uh, championship game. That's, uh, that's and, right. And earlier in the season, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's. I mean, luck and staying healthy is a huge part of it. No question. Being able to overcome injuries, depth, all those things. I mean, they definitely matter. And we'll see what the ceiling is uh, for this team. And eventually next week when more dust is settled on this free agent group and, and what's going on there, we will have a podcast discussing the state of the NFC North going into the, or the start, the state of the NFC going into the draft uh, as a whole and where the bucks kind of stand. And it's that obviously to, to us still at the top, but we'll get into more detail on that next week for sure. We appreciate the super chat, $5 super chat from Zydrate and earlier, uh, as well from Joel. Uh, Zydrate says for Allison's behind the scenes work, I'm going to tell her you said that. Uh, Zydrate, she will really appreciate that for sure. I uh, want to tell you all about another opportunity you have to join in the football conversation with us over at pewterreport.com. It's on Locker Room. Locker Room is a social audio app that is changing the way we talk sports. It's the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. 
react to sports news as it happens, gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games, rep your favorite teams, and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download on the Apple App Store and join the conversation at Locker Room right after this podcast. Give me maybe five minutes to catch my breath. I'm going live on Locker Room. So if you have the ability to get the app, download Locker Room. I know I think it's only available on iOS. I'm sorry, Android users. Download Locker Room. Follow Peter Report right after this show. I'm getting on. We're not just talking about the same stuff we talked about on the show. We dive a little deeper on Locker Room. So if you're coming, put your big boy or big girl pants on because we're going to have some pretty interesting conversations about football, positional value, and where I kind of see that stacking up. I'm going to get your opinions and thoughts as well. A bunch of people that are in this chat right now always jump on those. Ren's on there. Uh, Josh Allen's usually on there. Uh, Jack Barrett's on there. Haas Wide Juke. They're always uh, – at Crew's always in there. A couple other – I'm sorry, I forget. But a couple other people in this chat, they all – you know, everybody's in there. So, uh, again, follow Peter Port, download Locker Room. We're going to have a fun little chat after the podcast if you all can stick with me a little bit longer. Uh, we've got uh, a, a recognition of Jalen Twyman from Pitt. Let me tell you about this guy, Jalen Twyman, Mark Cook, because I would have said the same thing. Scott Mariko wants to know, how about Twyman from Pitt? Double-digit sack guy from interior defensive line in 2019. Sat out. It was a terrible idea, as it turns out, because as it turns out, Twyman is one of the worst athletes I have ever seen a defensive tackle. This guy had pretty decent tape, 10 sacks a pit, Mark, but there is just no way. I mean, at some point you have to hit certain thresholds, and I'm pulling up the numbers now so I can relay them to you all from what he did yesterday, but it was it was a rough time for Jalen Twyman at the pro day uh, for Pitt. Uh, I know he came in. I'm trying to find it now, but I know he came in like he came in like 301 pounds. Dude ran like an eight second three cone. It was brutal. Five five forty um, at, at like 302 pounds. So you take those numbers anyway, and they're in the bottom tier percentiles in combine history. Pro day numbers should be better. He and he's light for a defensive tackle. So you weight adjust his numbers. I mean, it was brutal, man. I mean, from the jumps, broad jump was like eight eight. I mean, again, like it's numbers that basically would take you off the athletic charts. Uh, for the NFL. So I was kind of interested in Twyman before, but I am a big believer in the data. That's real hard to overcome that data uh, when you test that poorly athletically. So it's a guy we might have to take off our board uh, as we think about him in the mid round. Scott and I kind of liked him, but those numbers are hard to hard to overcome for sure. How about Philip Lindsay, Mark? Have you got any questions about Philip Lindsay for people? Everybody wants to know Philip Lindsay's available. Should the Bucks pick him up? You seen anything about that? You're muted, I think. Let me unmute you. There you go. Oh, you chose to mute yourself, it says. Wow, you don't even want to talk to me. There you I go. I was trying to figure out. I'm having a little bit of audio issues. Can you hear me? Uh, I'm trying to figure out. What's... Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I was, try I was trying to uh, figure out. John, I'm going to jump out and jump back in because I I'm reading your lips okay. right now, unfortunately. I don't know what's going on, if it's on my end or, or my internet or this weather that's going on. We're having some bad weather here in the yeah, Tampa area right now. Thunderstorms. Let me, <laughs> yeah, let me just for... jump out real fast and jump right back okay. in, okay? Sounds good. I'll keep talking about Philip Lindsay. Phil Lindsay, a bunch of people have asked that. People asked me on Twitter today about Philip Lindsay. The big concern with Philip Lindsay to me and why I don't think he's even an option for the Bucs is even if you find a guy that can run the football, you want a contributor on passing downs. Ideally, you'd like a complete guy. That's why I was interested in Jamal Williams from Green Bay because he's kind of the rare, cheap, complete player that's still young enough. It just doesn't happen very often. You can find those guys. So I would have signed him. The Bucs are focused on their own guys. I get it. It's an opportunity, I think, that slipped by, but it doesn't mean they can't recover, especially at the least valuable position on the field. So 
Lindsay can't pass protect and he has dropped like 15 balls in three years. I mean, something just bad. It's bad. Um, he has, he does not have good hands at all. Um, and he's not really been effective after the catch either. So I don't see him as a real option for Tampa Bay. I do like his running style. I like explosive runners a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, it's one of those things you have to prioritize certain traits and abilities. And if you're Tampa Bay, those traits definitely come in the passing game. And that's just not really where he provides it. I know people are talking about Marlon Mack too, but again, guys, here's the guy that cannot pass protect has not been able to do it in his career. That's why he can't stay on the field. That's why they drafted Jonathan Taylor. Those are not the kind of guys you want to target. I know I think Matt Adam coming to the Bucs in his battle plan, and I get it. Uh, as a runner, again, there's something there. But they have that in Ronald Jones already. Those guys are easier to find. They need somebody who can pass protect and help them out on passing downs. To me, somebody asked earlier, what's the big need for the Bucs this offseason? To me, that's it. You you know, And I don't think it's like you have to take one in the first round to address the need. I'm not saying you know, draft it early. I'm just saying if you go into the offseason, you're the Bucs, and you say, where do we need to improve from last year? It starts with, the running back position on passing downs in pass protection and as receivers, what you can accomplish after the catch of the ball in your hands. That's where they need to get better. And I think to a degree, a guy like James White helps you do that. And a guy like Jamal Williams would have helped you do that. That ship sailed. But I really don't think Marlon Mack would have been a solution in that in that category. I know Philip Lindsay wouldn't be a solution in that category. Um, and maybe Mike Davis would be, but it's, you know, again, he would be better than those guys, in my opinion. But we haven't seen a lot in pass protection from him either. He's bounced around all over the place. Um, so the best bet to me at this point might be the draft or James White. I could see that. I would I would like that move at this point. I know I wasn't all about it before, but I'd like that move at this point. Mark, can you hear me a little better now? Well, I can. I, I had to unplug my my headphones. I, it may be a headphone issue that I'm having here. I'm not sure. Can you hear me okay? I've heard you okay the whole time. So Yeah, my mic uh, seems to be working fine. And when I tested it, everything was, was coming in fine. I don't... Have any idea what's going on? It's just, um, you know, you would think in 2021 we can land a rover on Mars and record the sound of the wind, <laughs> but yet you and I are 15 miles apart and um, we have a hard time talking on the internet. But it could hey. be these storms. I mean, there's thunder and people might have heard it through my mic, but there's thunder and lightning here, where I'm, as I'm sure where many of the fans are too. Um, Do you Nick have lightning to know- in Pennsylvania? Oh, yes. Not during maybe? this time of the year, usually. Well, yeah. maybe about now. We might get one right now, but usually a summertime thing only. Um, a little different there. I have no idea. It's a nice place. Nice place. Uh, not not this time of year. Starting to get nice this time of year, but it's still yeah. we got a two two months to go in PA before it gets nice. Uh, Nick wants to know Kyle Rudolph not better than Gronk, is he, John? LOL. Nick saw this on Twitter. I can't stand when people. I don't like when people buy into narratives that have clearly been disproven. If you do a shred of research or a shred of tape watching or just watch a game like on TV, and you can clearly see. The Gronkowski is fine. Like, I he's always run like a robot. It doesn't matter. He gets open deep. He has great, great late speed. I know that that's a scouting cliche, weird term. It's always been true with Gronk. He has never smoked people off the line of scrimmage. Go through every Gronk clip. Unless a guy like stumbled or tripped or was off balance, he doesn't smoke people off the line of scrimmage. He gets you at the top of the route. He keeps striding away from you at the end of the route to make catches and to separate late. And Brady's always thrown him open. It's that's what he does. And he does the same thing nowadays that he did before. It's not changed. People just want it to have changed because he was hurt his last year in the NFL. He he led the league in deep targets for a tight end. He led the league in deep receptions for a tight end. That's 20 yards or more in the air. Rudolph could not, if he ever dreamed of doing the things that Gronk does in a football field, he would wake up and apologize to Rob Gronkowski. (laughs) That's how limited he is. 
compared to even 30-some-year-old Gronk. I mean, they're, they've never been in the same stratosphere as players. We haven't even gotten to the fact that Rudolph is borderline soft after the catch and doesn't block. And Gronk, Gronk is one of the best blockers in the league, and he's literally the best pass-blocking tight end in the NFL. I mean, literally the fact that this argument, Giants people, you always one Giants guy on CBS was trying to be like, they're basically the same player at this point in time. I'm like, <laughs> buddy, what are you talking about? I wonder. I'm telling you, that gets me riled up right there. I'm telling you, that 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 gets me going for sure. When you I mean, now, it's like when you when people talk about Cam Brate, man, you know. Yeah, don't mess with my man, Brady. Everybody wants to cut his salary down to a couple million dollars a year. Are you kidding me? This guy deserves a raise. Well, all right, I'm kidding a little bit, but anyway. (laughs) What if they came out and were like, we're actually giving him a raise? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can give him a raise at this point. What the heck? Salary cap's going up next year. Okay, cut him this year and then uh, extend him. Give him a 10-year contract, and uh, he'll be fine. That's right. Jeremy says, Mark Cook, what missed the what's cooking segments? Got to get more next year if it's open locker rooms and such. Yeah, this is something I haven't been a part of live. This was before I was on board, so I'm excited about what's cooking. Yeah, we I definitely – it was a bummer, man. I mean, you can't tell me Gronk wouldn't have been the perfect guest for what's cooking. I mean, he's a oh maniac already. Uh, I'm a maniac. Uh, he would totally dress up, play the part. We would have a good time. Uh, yeah, Gronk, Gronk is a guy. If people haven't seen the what's cooking segments – um, they're actually on our, our Peter Report YouTube page, mm-hmm. and uh, they can go back and look at the previous two seasons that we did them. And um, Cambrate's still my favorite guest ever. He was he's been the best. He was in he's the only repeat guest on the show. So anyway, Cambrate, shout out to Cam. We're gonna have Cam on the podcast coming up uh, first part of next month. Hopefully, as still a member of this Tampa Bay Buccaneer football team. Yeah, absolutely. Charles is upset. He says it gets old listening to you, badmouth Lenny. And by the way, for those that can't see the podcast and are just listening, there's exclamation points at the end of each of these sentences. So I'm punctuating that with my words. Lenny is not leaving the box. Just stop. Lenny did what needed to be done when it needed to be done. Charles trying to yell it into existence. I love it. I like. I mean, I thought Leonard Fournette's agent. By the way, go ahead. (laughs) This is actually Leonard Fournette's burner YouTube account. (laughs) But no, I, I honestly, I think Lenny played great in the playoffs. I've said that, said that all playoff long. I think he was, he was good enough in the playoffs. There's no question. I mean, yes, there were mistakes. Everybody's going to make them. Um, You know, I think he played well enough in the playoffs for sure. I think the larger sample size of his career suggests a player that we're going to end up being disappointed with in the long run if he's back and if he's the guy. I mean, it could be worse. I think it could be better, though, and I'm always interested in better for sure. So it's not something to get up in arms about unless they give him like a three-year, 20-some million-dollar deal. Then it's oh, God. Then we're going to be then we're going to be triggered on the pod. Yes. But that's not going to happen, I don't think. So, um, so yeah, so we'll see what happens with Leonard this offseason, but it's definitely something that is going to be the focus. And then what happens with Antonio Brown? What happens with Ndamukong Sue? Those are things we're probably going to learn in the coming days, Mark. I can't imagine that we would be really at a point at this right now that, I mean, maybe we see something happen tonight, but those are the next guys to that everybody's kind of watching, especially Sue. Everybody expects him to be back. How the contract's laid out, what it exactly looks like, we'll see. Um, but if he's back, I mean, you definitely have the grounds for your top five interior defensive lineman coming back will golston vita vea and dominican sue uh rakeem nunez rochas now being uh re-signed and uh and khalil davis coming back as well so um then it would be who am i forgetting Ledbetter, um pat's uh, back pat o'connor's back yeah i'm forgetting uh, oh, mcclendon steve mcclendon we don't know what he's going to do yet if he's going to retire or not yeah i think he's on a beach somewhere in the caribbean right now yeah, yeah. he's probably just hey. bullying with his trophy uh, 
Hey, Scott Frederico said he's in Pennsylvania. It's 38 degrees and raining today. Now, up in PA, John, you guys don't get hurricanes. But guess where we do get hurricanes? Mm, where? In Florida. Yeah. And you're going to experience that for the first time this year. At least some tropical storm and some hurricane threats. Now, fortunately, one has never ran through Waimama in 100 years. So you'll be pretty safe. Good. But you know what? There's still going to be residuals. There's wind and there's hail and there's different things like that that come along, John, with... Uh, with storms and there's only one place that I would go to protect my home and it's Briar Greaves. Briar Greaves insurance agency has been around for over 30 years in the Tampa Bay area. Briar and Sam Greaves are huge Buccaneer fans and we've got some exciting news with them. We're going to be able to share hopefully next week or the week after um, might be able to, and again, I'm going to tease it a little bit, John, maybe having a little bit of a giveaway later this year with Briar Greaves, where you might be able to go watch a certain football team that we can't mention because the Buccaneers lawyers would send us a letter. So anyway, but I'm just going to leave it at that. But Briar Greaves has been around for over 30 years. Great Buccaneer fans. There's nobody listening right now. And listen, they are licensed to do business in other states as well. I don't care if you're in PA. Give Briar Mm -hmm. Greaves a call. Um, They can take care of all of your needs. There's nobody listening right now that doesn't need some form of insurance, whether it's homeowners, automobile, life insurance, commercial insurance, flood insurance, hurricane insurance, wind damage, you name it. If you need a type of insurance, Briar Greaves most likely can take care of you. And the great thing about Sam and Briar is if they can't help you, like like Briar told me, he says, I got to be able to sleep at night. If you guys call and I can't help them, if they've got a better deal somewhere else, I'm going to tell them to stay where they're at. Don't Mm -hmm. rock the boat. That's the kind of service you get from Briar Greaves. You can give them a call. They're open from 9 to 5.30 daily. And their phone number is 813-876-4166. Again, 813-876-4166. Big fans of the Pewter Report podcast. Big fans of the Buccaneers. And just good guys in general. Make sure, in general. So just make sure to give them a call. Shop around. See what you got. Read your deck page to them. Mail it over. Email it over to them. Scan it. Whatever. They'll take a look at it. They'll try and save you some money. And you're going to be really... Briar told me a story, and I'll end with this, John. He saved a guy $15,000 a year. Now, he had a commercial business. He had a fleet of vehicles. But he saved him $15,000 a year. Wow. I mean, and all the guy did was just call just to compare. Thought he had a good right. deal. Briar was able to shop it around and found him some great rates. So give Briar Greaves a call, 813-876-4166. That's good stuff. That's great stuff there. From a couple of box fans, too. You love to see that for sure. Yeah. Uh, Philip says he won't be happy until AB or until Sue is signed. AB and Fournette are icing on the cake. I kind of agree with Philip on the field. Obviously, if AB didn't have the stuff off the field on the field, I would be clamoring for him to be. I mean, it, it's 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 a it's a such a luxury, and and the fact that they can get him for as cheap as that they can, that it's even an option on the table for them with a guy like Antonio Brown is only because of the off field stuff, obviously, in the recent history with him, and so. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's bad in that way. In other ways, it's obviously played itself into the Bucks' favor, um, but it's something that it's hard to know where to come down on for our angle. But you're right. They're icing on the cake in a lot of ways, but I also think it's very possible Antonio Brown at least is back, especially with it doesn't, doesn't sound like there's been a huge market uh, so far for him. So we'll see. The Bucks did lose a free agent finally today. They had 23 free agents. They had 25 under contract with the team. When he came back to the team, 
he actually was under contract for the 2021 season too. So he's under contract. You'll see him on free agent list. He's not a free agent. AQ Shipley retired. He's going to be a coach for the Bucs. I think the team's announcing something about that at some point in the near future. You probably saw Pat McAfee tweet it. Um, so AQ Shipley is going to be a coach. So there's 23 free agents for the Bucs. Now they've re-signed seven of those free agents. They've lost one. Good old Andrew Adams after three years, Mark. <laughs> He's moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles, where he might have a chance to compete to start, honestly. Yeah. Um, so good for him uh, that he's going to get that opportunity. I feel like personally, Andrew Adams might have been the best number four safety in the league. I just thought he was a solid guy. Special teams started most of a season for the Bucs in 2019 on a unit that, frankly, was very much finding their way. They, Lots of moving parts, and he was a stabilizing guy. I thought. I thought he was. They a real tried solid to get rid player. of him for a couple of years, John, and they just kept bringing him back because he's yep. just such a solid, dependable guy. And again, I know I always say this, you know, um, good guy, good locker room guy. Andrew Adams was a guy that I don't know that I ever saw without a smile on his face. Just a mm -hmm. happy guy, man. These are the guys yeah. you like to see succeed in the NFL. He's never going to be a superstar. He's never going to make a ton of money, mm -hmm. but he's doing what he loves. He has a passion, and he really fit this team well. But Philadelphia is getting a heck of a ball player. And um, and like you said, he's going to have an opportunity to start, and and, and he deserves that. And I hope he—I uh, didn't even see the terms uh, as far as what the money is, but whatever he got, he deserves every penny of it for sure. Yeah, I don't think that I didn't see the terms out there just yet. I don't think, but uh, good for him, and hopefully he gets the opportunity to start there uh, again. Their safety situations obviously hurting a little bit, but uh, it'd be nice if he gets the opportunity to start there. I think um, he's he's a guy that again. And people are saying, "Oh, we can go over Andrew Adams." Yeah, that's not the point. We're not we're not here like, "Oh, the Bucks can't repeat because they lost Andrew Adams." We're just trying right. to give props to a guy who was who played sure. a nice role for this team. Remember, I mean, they lost Winfield and Whitehead, and he had to step into the game against Aaron Rodgers late in the game with the Packers throwing on every down. Like, and he makes the game winning pass break up really on the goal line. He and, and yeah. Mike Edwards at the same time, you know, backup safeties. Um, I thought that play in a lot of ways epitomized the Bucks season. Their ability to have guys step up that really I thought depth was a big issue going into the year and. Those guys proved me wrong, I thought. I thought there was a lot of guys. I mean, obviously, they added pieces as the year went on because there wasn't McClendon and A.B. And, and Ross Cockrell. So, you know, all those kind of things did help that that played a little bit. But, yeah, at safety, I mean, he was a guy that stepped up. He, uh, highest special teams grade on the team, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. I have no idea about their special teams grades. I don't pay attention to special teams. I need to get better in that way maybe. But, uh, I, you know, they say he's been good, and he played the third most special team staffs on the team. So it's something to replace. I think Javon Hagan was a guy that really everybody talked about a lot in camp last year. They liked him. Bruce Aarons really liked him. Um, he's on the practice squad all year, stuck around. Um, he came up a couple times, played 10 special team snaps in that game against Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. My guess is he's going to get first crack at stepping in there uh, to fill that number four spot, and we'll see maybe a seventh-round pick uh, comes in and tries to compete for that spot. But, I mean, pretty easy to fill that four safety. If you're down to your four safety in the NFL, usually you're, you're in trouble. And when Adams was in, I didn't feel like the Bucs – we're in that much trouble, to be honest. And so um, give him a lot of credit for what he did. I thought that um, that he did he did, uh, as he did everything the team could have asked for him, really, uh, as he stepped in there and even got his hand on a ball at the end of the season. Uh, in the uh, Probably the last snap he played, I think, that one yeah. of against Green Bay, uh, defensively anyway. So you know where else you have to uh, go to get your hands on a ball or maybe two, Mark? If you get some Manscaped products. That's what's going to help you with that. NFL draft season is upon us. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you like to gamble on football. 
for all my draft geeks, we have an exclusive 20% off promo code pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R at manscaped.com. Will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round? Not sure, but I am sure that with the lawnmower 3.0, you can get your D back. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls. I want you to look in the mirror. Do you see any nose or ear hairs dangling? Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. The Weed Whacker Nose and Air Hair Trimmer is your solution. Why not use the best tools for the job here? Their performance package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, the Weed Whacker Nose and Air Hair Trimmer, performance boxer briefs that are literally the most comfortable boxer briefs of all time. In fact, I have them on right now, actually. Show unbelievable. us. Show I us. will not. I absolutely no, show will not. Us. No, qu- no Picture question. Picture didn't no. happen. And a, and a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining. Like the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is anti-chaving ball deodorant that in- ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your balls sticking to your leg or smelling like eggs. Can't have that, Mark. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your testes a boost. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, it's a $39 value and it's super nice. And the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Manscaped, with the code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping, Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. And by the way, if you do it and you send SR at PewterReport.com a a, uh, a picture of your um, receipt, with uh, it doesn't have any information on or whatever, but it just shows him uh, that you did it. He will send you, they'll send the first, I think they're sending the first 10, if I remember, uh, a Pewter Report t-shirt as well. So make sure you guys check that out. Manscaped telling you great products. I know it's funny ad read, but great products as well. Yes, Jeremy, I am doing the thing. Who, step up. Who step wrote up that ad read? Did that come from Manscaped or did you? No, that came from Manscaped, brother. Yeah, no, that came from Manscaped. You know, no, I did not read that. I did the not thought of that. Uh, <laughs> a ball sticking to the leg. I just want to let you guys know the crop preserver is so good that I haven't showered in two weeks and I still smell <laughs> lovely down there. I'm just letting you know. Now, maybe out. Even. The dog won't come anywhere near me, but I'm telling you, that crop preserver is pretty good stuff. It is good stuff. I'm telling you, they're great products for sure. So, uh, big story of the day, Mark. Nacho is back. The defensive line is in a position right now where there is no – if Sue comes back, there is no crying need on this team right now. It's really something else. I mean, for a team to be able to return all that they've returned, Mark, in one offseason, it's unheard of really. And if A.B. comes back, and even if Leonard doesn't, but if A.B. and Sue come back, that really – that objective that they set out in the, this offseason will be complete in terms of bringing everybody back. So – I give a ton of credit um, to Jason Light and Mike Greenberg, Jackie Davidson. I mean, what they've been able to do to bring to make this happen so far has been unbelievable. Now you hope they finish the job, obviously, with those two. But if they do, man, you're talking about every single starter from a Super Bowl championship team coming back the next year, despite having three or four really big name free agents. That just has ne- – I don't think it's ever happened. I know somebody said – I think Jack Barrett was the other day in the chat. He said it's never happened that a Super Bowl championship team has brought back 22 of 22 starters. Obviously, if Leonard leaves, it won't be 22 of 22, but it might as well be, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like Ronald Jones didn't start a bunch of games last year. I mean, Right, exactly right, yes. Yeah. Right. 
Right, yeah. right. I think we could say, yeah, I could say that. I think they mean from the su- actual Super Bowl right. game, basically. Super Bowl starting lineup, Right, sure. right. So only lost one free agent so far, 15 to go. Uh, Indomitian Sue, Blaine Gabbert, Antonio Brown, those would be probably the ones that I would look for next to see what happens with them. Leonard Fournette, some type of decision you would think could be coming with him at some point tomorrow. Could be a busy day tomorrow trying to get stuff done. Not that they won't work on the weekend, but trying to get stuff done uh, before the weekend um, could be a possibility as well. So uh, there's lots to look forward to, and there's lots to look forward to on the Pewter Report podcast too, Mark, because on Monday, guess who's coming on the show? Tell the good people about what's going on on the show on Monday, Mark. Nacho? Can't <laughs> Not Nacho. A, a better defensive tackle than Nacho is coming on the show. Oh, man. Uh, oh, yeah. The man himself, number 99, Warren Sapp, my guy. Love yes. Warren Sapp. You know, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be on that podcast. It'll probably be you and Scott. I'm not sure how we're setting that up, but... Man, I would love to be. Oh, you got to be on. That's your guy. Scott, Scott and I have some great stories about Warren Sapp from from London when we traveled with him a couple years ago over to London for that game. We we spent uh, spent an evening out with that guy. Let me tell you something. That man has not slowed down a whole lot. He's he's just as wild as he ever was. But the thing about Warren Sapp is John, and I don't know. I'll, I'll send you the link to when he was on our podcast like three years ago. The guy has no filter. Warren Sapp yeah. says what's on his mind, and uh, and he just bluntly tells you the truth. Now, doesn't mean it's always right, uh, but in his mind, it's right, and he's not afraid to tell you. So having Warren Sapp yeah. on the podcast is going to be huge, and uh, it's it's must-listen podcast. I was going to say TV, yeah. but this is TV. It's, it's definitely must-watch right. and must-listen because um, there's no telling what Sapp is going to say. And um, I, I think he's going to maybe even break down some draft prospects coming up. He's probably going to – Share some he thoughts is, on Indomitian and Sue and 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 yes. and and um and, and, yes. and Vita you know, guys right. that he's had some criticism for. So uh it'll be great to hear Warren Sapp again and, and to get his mm-hmm. honest, uh unfiltered opinion on things. Warren, right. Warren yeah, so, as we've actually Scott and I have given Warren Sapp five edge players from this draft class and five defensive tackles from this draft class that we think could be in the Bucks range. And we've asked him to scout them and give us his scouting report assessment on Monday. So he will be giving us his scouting report of these players. And if you know Sat and you've heard him talk about football players, it is going to be very unfiltered. If he thinks they are bad, yeah. we are going to hear about how bad they are. So yeah, you might want to put show. the kids away for this one. You may want to have the kids in bed before, John. Make sure you put yours in bed before or at least oh, get them out in of bed. Room. Yeah. That's right. So it should be a fun show on Monday. We'll let you know about time and everything on that one as we get closer to it. Watch out for our social media uh, to post that as well. But it, it's going to be a fun show, and he's going to give yeah he's going to give his unfiltered opinions on some prospects that you're probably going to see in the Bucks range of the draft. You're probably going to have on the Ducks uh, on the dra- Bucks draft board as well to discuss and to talk about. So we're very much looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun show, uh, and the rest of the week really going to be a fun show. We'll come back next week, and we're probably going to have some free agents to talk about. But again. Give me a couple minutes, but as I get off from this podcast, going to be on Locker Room. So, again, download the Locker Room app uh, and follow Pewter Report on the Locker Room app if you have a chance. Jump into the chat room. We're going to have some fun talking about going a little bit deeper into the game and talking about some stuff, roster construction and things like that. And we'll obviously relate it to the Bucs as well. So it's going to be fun. Ty, you asked who are the five prospects. You'll have to tune in to find out. Five defensive tackles, five edge defenders that could be in the Bucks range of the draft. First round, second round, third round. We'll talk about all of them with the great Warren Sapp on Monday on the podcast. So 
one thing one thing yes go ahead i gotta say one thing i gotta defend myself michael shrum in here saying his age he was in college four years ago jesus mark i understand leonard fournette is not an old guy but 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 running back years are like dog years right Mm -hmm. every year is seven years i mean again if he plays on another one-year contract then he's going to be in that 28 29 year old range again i don't know if his exact birth date i'm sorry that was my point and he's gonna be 27 i think yeah, he's not, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Yes, I know he was at LSU a few years ago. I'm, I'm not quite that. Also, he, he's looked like he's like 30 for since he was like 16. So, yeah, that's uh, but true. no, I mean, he's just got that look to him. Yeah. Um, but it, somebody said it earlier in the chat. Leonard Fournette has more touches by far in his career than James White does, I think. And James White's been around the league like four years more and is like almost four years older than than yeah. Leonard Fournette. And so that's the kind of wear and tear you're talking on a guy like Fournette. He is carried the load um for sure for for years wherever he's been so uh it's uh yeah so it's something to keep an eye on with him regardless of age for sure so uh again appreciate y'all we'll keep track of the bucks free agents again over on locker room we'll be chatting right after this and uh definitely make sure you keep following along at peter peterreport.com this weekend follow the free agency tracker make sure you know who's available who's been picked up and signed elsewhere and follow along with all the bucks moves as well there until monday thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out.